And then the hill will burst into song before you and all the trees in the field will clap their hands. Let's join together as everyone is finds place and let's stand together and begin our worship service. The trees of the field. here today. Oh, look at the twins are back today. Hey, y'all. <laughs> My husband calls you twins. I'm sorry. <laughs> Good to have y'all back. Um, Brian, you're not a visitor anymore. Anybody else? Good to have all the ball players back. Yes. <laughs> Good to see everybody. To what? We are complete. We are well. We're not. We are complete. Yes, we're getting there. That's right. Um, 
If you're a visitor here today, would you fill out a Connect card for us, please, and put it in uh, the box on the wall or give it to a, the neighbor, give it to somebody, and we'll make sure it gets where it needs to be. Um, the giving, you can go to giving uh, Cypress Street Church, or you can drop it in the box on the back, or you can give it to the neighbor, and they'll make sure it gets to where you need to be. <laughs> Um, Wednesday, there'll be the children, youth, and a uh, pastor's study back in the fellowship hall. The youth are upstairs. Uh, July the 31st, they're serving, we're serving lunch at Grace Place. And uh, James has already said that there's lots of the Little Debbie cookies, and um, we don't need any more. Um, before we go any farther, I've asked uh, um, that uh, <laughs> Brother Carvin, your name just went whoo. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I've asked Brother Carvin to uh, stand and lead us in opening prayer. And before we go any farther, um, his lovely wife sent a note to the church. And I'm just real pleased with Brother Carvin because he said that he was going to take all of those gifts and put them away and give them to him along, you know, for her birthday and, <laughs> and for different things. That's right. That's right. He was given... He was going to put them away and give them to him for her birthday and anniversary. <laughs> so I'm glad that he didn't. But she says, thank you very much for the sunshine basket filled with all kinds of presents and goodies. I cried because I was so touched with the many cards, gifts, prayers, and love that have been given to me. I can't imagine being stuck in the house as long as she has, especially with Brother Carvin. Did I say that out loud? <laughs> Um, I've never been more blessed by a church by the way that I have with Cypress Street. The many cards, calls, messages, visits cheered me up when all I could do was lay flat over my back in pain. I know that your prayers have helped me to heal. I am driving and getting around fairly well. The biggest problem I have is bending, sitting on a hard chair. I do plan to be back in church in a couple of weeks. Thanks again for, and God bless you all. Love to everyone, Sandy Adams. And we're going to continue in song and worship right now. <clears throat> Won't you stand with us if you're able and join with us in singing Cornerstone.
Let's join together now and stepping in the light. The pastor has us moving on again this Sunday. We were joyful last Sunday and we're moving this Sunday, okay? <laughs> <laughs> go to your classes. several prayer requests this morning. Um, Nancy Boozer is home recovering from what I understand is shoulder surgery. Sandy Adams, Jeff Hayden, that's uh, Patrice's son-in-law, right, had a heart attack. I understand he's back home. That's wonderful. That's right. Um, Julie Galliano family, Chanel's grandmother, uh, David Frost had a stroke, Patsy Carlson, hip surgery, our missionaries, our country, our leaders, our children and our youth, schools, sorry y'all, it's about to start back. We need to be praying for them. Um, and those traveling and the lost, uh, also Blanche Harris, Conrad's sister, she has back problems, and Carol Fuller, uh, Conrad's cousin, and I'd like for you to um, 
pray for my sister. I got to go see her last week. Uh, she's been down for over a year now. They thought it was her back and finally figured out it was her hip. And they did hip surgery. And when they did, they broke the bone. And um, unbeknownst to her, they put a temporary hip in that was supposed to administer antibiotic. And now she's got to go back for another hip surgery. And it's about to break her heart. She's been in a wheelchair now for nine weeks, unable to put any weight on it. And uh, it's been hard on both of them. And um, if you wonder what she looks like, she looks just like me. <laughs> and, her, and her daughter looks just like my daughter. It is unbelievable. But um, huh? it is. It's unbelievable. If you have any prayer requests, uh, be sure to text those to Karen Oldham. She does a good job, and the, the number is in your bulletin. Um, and I think before Pastor Dan comes, we're going to sing another song. No, we're not. You're going to sing a song, and I don't know the name of it, but that's okay. You don't either? God's going to give it to you, I promise, by the time you come up to here to hear. Thank you. Thank you for singing, and thank you for being our pastor. I wasn't kidding when I said I don't know either because I got ready to practice my, uh, what I was going to sing today and I was putting it on my little tape thing back in my office and the tape got all scribbled up in the thing and I said, well, plan B. So this is plan B. So go ahead and hit me there. There's a scripture in Ephesians that says, Be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns. Always giving thanks in all things. This is for you. As long as there is time and one breath left in me, there will always be one more song for you. And as long as there is room for one more voice in praise and a need for a word of love and truth to help my brother through, there'll be one more song for you. You were there with some songs of laughter, words of hope for my fears. But what are songs when no one will sing them? What are words when no one hears? There were times when I came with a question, when I asked and no one knew, till I found the answer in you. So as long as there is time and one breath left in me, there will always be one more song for you. And as long as there is room for one more voice in praise and a word 
for a word of love and truth to help my brother through there'll be one more song for you love is in the air around me hope abounds everywhere living life in the arms of Jesus learning how to really care every day is filled with purpose all the old it is made new and I know I owe it all to you so as long as there is time and one breath left in me there will always be one more song for you and as long as there is room for one more voice in praise and a need for a word of love and truth to help my brother through there'll be one more song for you there'll be one more song for you And now we're going to pray, and I'm going to ask my wife to stand right where she's at and to pray this morning. Um, before we sing, I want to talk about yesterday. We had our rummage sale, and I tell you what, we're always wowed, but we shouldn't be because, you know, the Lord is always with us. Melissa and I got here a little after 5.30 yesterday morning. There were people already in the parking lot <laughs> sitting in their car patiently waiting 
didn't get out when we drove. We, of course, we parked over here. And then we opened the doors at 7 o'clock, and they started coming, and they came. And there must have been at least 15 to 20 folks already lined up. And we had folks come all day long, even afternoon. Um, I was truly blessed, and I hope that we could bless those that walked through our doors yesterday. Um, we've always talked about this is a mission, truly believe here at home, that we can do. Um, and I'm going to talk, I'm not going to cry, but because um, I'm really tired. But anyway, there was this little lady, and she came up, and she, Patrice and I were sitting at the checkout, and she said, how much are the clothes? And we said, well, donation, whatever you feel like, you know, your heart wants to give. And I don't know how she got on her puppy dog, but she talked about her puppy dog, and she brought, she said, wait a minute, and she brought up her little puppy dog picture, and showed it Patrice and I, and we were just like, oh, and it was really cute, you know. So that made her day. And that, you know, that's just something simple, but that made her day. Another incident yesterday, Melissa was standing by a mother checking out, and she was holding her baby, and the baby reached out to Melissa. And she goes, she never does that. And Melissa said, they know. They sense, they know. <laughs> so Melissa held her, I guess, where while Mama checked out. Um, and we come to church and we visit after church and all, but we had so many great volunteers and people that came and helped, and we were able to visit with each other. We were able to laugh with each other. We were here. The youth came. They helped. Um, and it was just a great weekend. Um, I do want to tell you that after service today, if you would like to go and look, the ones that have already had Sunday school, you are welcome to come because Mike has graciously offered to let his Sunday school class, his circle time, be here in the sanctuary, and then, then they can look after the, the circle time. We have to have everything packed up Tuesday, Nancy, by Tuesday, because Nancy's going to get our floors cleaned. So if you have an organization or anyone that you know that is in need, please go in there and take, take it to them. You know, that'll be a mission, another mission for us, you know, that we're, we're paying it forward. Yesterday a young lady came and she was standing there with Patrice. She had, what, one or two little things in her bag, and it was just like she was just, just searching for her money. It was just like in, that she might have... And so I just mouthed to Patrice, let her have it, you know. And I told her when she walked out, I said, pay it forward. You know, bless someone else by what, you know, we were doing. That being said, as of now, we have, for the church-wide rumble sale, $2,451. And I know there's some folks that haven't paid yet. And if you need to pay or want to give a donation, Please give it to Miss Patrice there because she's, she's the money lady. <laughs> the youth also were there and they had a bake sale and they made $169. Yes. And so today they will also have some goodies out front as you leave. So if you're hungry, you need a dessert after lunch or whatever, or you just want a snack all of a sudden, please stop by and, and support our youth. Um, but God, God is so good Amen. all the time.
he is. So now let's stand and sing, Savior, like a shepherd, lead us. so much for your contribution to the music service. much money they want to put into uh, Camp Pollard and uh, this year their goal was $20,000 in one offering and I'm here to report they took in $28,000 and uh, our church our church contributed to that I just want you to know in a big way and uh, I thank you for all your support had a great camp meeting, uh, had a great speaker, and was very challenging. And uh, y'all get a chance. Uh, I, think, I think we need Dale to get down there at camp meeting. Maybe he'd get saved or something. And <laughs> he's there, I said, he's there three or four times a week or a year, so that's, that's wonderful. Today I want to talk about walking with Jesus. And I, I the most important thing in our life is learning how to walk with Jesus. And I have a couple different texts that I want us to look at 
And uh, one of the texts is, I, I, I think it's my writing, but the text is wrong. It is John 13, 3, and not John 3, 3. John 13, 3. And uh, so when we come there, uh, you'll, you'll know that uh, I, the pastor made another mistake. He didn't make very many, but you know, when he makes them, he makes big ones. Uh, the most important thing, you know, all the God's word in many places tells us that God wants us to know him. He also talks, tells us that we ought to hear from God. He tells us also that we ought to talk to God. In other places, he talks about serving him that we have not come to, to be ministered unto, but to be, to be a source of ministry, to serve. Not seeking to be served, but to serve. Today I want to talk about an important word called walking with Jesus. The word walk in scripture is used over 62 times in verses. And he tells us how to walk. I have a granddaughter that just turned a year and a half. And in the last couple of months she has just learned to walk. You know, and to describe her, she's a very intelligent kid. But the thing about it was we found out that there were, we, we kind of enabled her a lot. And she didn't want to walk because we scooted her along. We'd pick her up and carry her. And she didn't have the, she said, well, you know, why do I need to walk when everybody else is taking care of me? I'm so happy to tell you that in the last month or two that she is running and jumping and squealing and hollering and she's doing a very good job of it. It's like she's been doing it her since she was born. We need to know how to walk in life. The scripture tells us to walk worthy of our calling. It tells us how to walk in faith. How to walk in the light. How to walk in love. How to walk in hope. How to walk in the spirit. How to walk in truth. And how to walk in the newness of life. The word walk is as as defined on uh, the internet and we know that the internet is never wrong. But it defines walking as wandering. Or to make headway. To progress. To move. To pursue a course of action. There's a story about uh, Billy Graham as he went into a town to hold a convention. And as he was taking his daily walk early in the morning, uh, Dr. Graham had a letter that he needed mailed at the post office. And on his early walk, he began walking around and he stumbled across a little boy and he asked the little boy, son, can you tell me how to get to the post office? And the little boy said, sure. Said, if you, you know, it's just right around the corner. Gave him directions. 
And Billy Graham thanked him so much. And he said, son, he said, if you'll come to the convention center tonight, I'll tell you how to get to heaven. To which the boy responded, I don't think I'll be there. You don't even know your way to the post office. <laughs> you know, in a Christian life, sometimes we're very good with a message, but we don't know how to do it. The scripture from 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 21, and I'm reading from the message version this morning, says, this is the kind of life you've been invited to as Christians. The kind of life Christ lived, that he suffered everything that came his way so that you would know that it could be done and also know how to do it step by step. And he never did one thing wrong. Not once said anything amiss. In his steps, I once read a book called In His Steps, and it was a little paperback book at the time, and it was a, a, was a, a novel, a story that hopefully would happen to all of our churches. But the challenge went out to this church that they would do nothing. Their ministries, they would do nothing until they asked the question, what would Jesus do? And as they put everything on hold and spent time in prayer and seeking God, seeking his face and listening to his voice, they did nothing until they knew what Jesus would do. Well, that church, oh, at first it struggled and that church in time, though, as they kept asking them this, this question, what would Jesus do? They began to grow. They began to, their ministries began to, to get bigger and bigger and bigger. Not because it was their desire to do that, but it was because they sensed that that's what Jesus would do. They revolutionized that whole town. That revolutionized their whole state. And it grew. But I think it's a very important question that we, our church, we as families, we as the pastor, ask ourselves, what would Jesus do? We spend a lot of our time doing, but never asking, what would Jesus do? What does Jesus think about my life? What would, how would Jesus want us to minister as a congregation? Who would he want us to tell others about Jesus? I was excited that this week I've had two or three people in our congregation tell us and share with me this, this week about how they invited somebody to church today. Well, I don't know, they're not here probably, but I'll tell you what, that's the beginning point is when we take the initiative to begin to invite others into the house of God. Do you love your church? Do you love your church? Yes. Just checking. And, and, and you know, we got a loving fellowship here. I, I shared with, with someone this week on the phone. I said, you know what? 
you and your child will never be more loved than you are right here at Cypress Street Church. And you know, that's how our children hear, observe, and they accept the message that we present in our lives. When they see us, when they see us exercising our faith, sharing the gospel. Last night I had the privilege of going to see Carly running the barrel races. Oh, it was a fun time. And you know what? I, th that, it was so hot last night. And that poor horse, you know, I, I started to pet it. Uh, ooh. <laughs> and and, and, and uh, what I, I was blessed because Carly says, Pastor, would you come and pray for me and my horse? And we stopped everything right there and we just prayed. Well, I don't know what the results was exactly. I know Carly did real good when I was there, but I want to tell you, that's an exercise of our faith. When we stop everything else and we say, what would Jesus do? I think he always wants us in his fellowship. The scripture that I um, messed up in the notes is John 13, 3. And it's a simple scripture that says this. Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come forth from God and was going back to God. A real simple scripture. Maybe it even an incomplete sentence. Jesus is preparing for the feast of the Passover. He's invited his disciples to come into this upper room and to share in last moments before he is arrested and taken to the cross. This was important for Jesus' life at that point, just as it is important at this point in our lives. Three things. Jesus knew that the Father had given him all things. Why did Jesus walk the way that he walked? Because he knew where his strength came from. He knew who he was. He knew the Father had sent him. Do we understand, if we were to walk with God this morning, that we need to understand where we've come from and the mission we've been called to? Secondly, in the scripture, he says, he had come forth from God. Do you recognize, each and every one of you, that you come from God? You are not here by chance. That God formed you even before you were even known. And you come from God. And God's called you into this life. God's called you, each and every one of us, into this day. We have been called by God. Jesus knew what he had been given, where he came from, he knew that he had come forth from God. But the third thing is, he was going back to God. He knew that he was going back to heaven shortly after his resurrection. He knew that. These are three things that we need to know this morning if we're going to walk with God. We need to know what we have. We have God's grace. We have God's forgiveness. We have God's healing. We have God's provisions. We have God's protection. Most of all, we have salvation that has been given us by Jesus Christ himself. Do we realize that really we are children of God, that we come from God? Each and every one of us, we are children of God. We sang the song, we sing it. I think we sang it a couple weeks ago. I am a child of God. 
I have washed my robes in the cleansing fountain. I am a child of God. Burn that into your hearts and your minds because it will change the way you look about all of the future. It'll change our frowns to joy and we'll be able to sing the trees of the field will clap their hands. Hey, by the way, y'all did good. I went to the, uh, uh, the, uh, the black uh, camp meeting down in, with uh, Ray Owens a couple weeks, a couple weeks ago and I, uh, we, we were one of six white people there. But I'll tell you what, those people got rhythm. And those people got, they got it, man. White people don't know how to clap. We just do the best we can. And I'm not uh, putting them down or us down. I'm just saying, hey, you know, it's different strokes for different folks. And we all worship God. Give it to him. But to realize that we're children of God. That ought to change the way you think about yourself. Change the way, the way you look at yourself in the mirror. Lynn got up this morning and she didn't look too good. <laughs> and she was in there doing her devotions, which she does every morning, early in the morning. And she was at the chairs. I was getting ready to come to church. And I said, are, are you, you going to wash your hair this morning? I said it very politely. She says, no, I'm not. I just like having my hair. Her hair was going every which way. Yeah, you know, you ought to have seen it. No, you shouldn't have seen it. She says, no, I'm going to wash my hair. And she goes in, I don't know, she dialed up a little bit. You look a whole lot prettier right now, Lynn. I just want to let you know that. And I, I'm proud you decided to wash your hair and comb your hair this morning. You realize who you are. You know, the world is watching our lives to see how we live out our faith, how we walk. The scripture in the New American Standard Bible for this one I just read says that he has left us an example for us. An example. What happens when the teacher puts something on the blackboard to the students? She's putting an example this is the way you do it. Do you know God's word has given us an example of how to live close to God? How to walk in our relationship with him. How to walk in our desires with him. How to walk in love. He is designed for us in the scripture and he teaches us how to do it. As an example. And Jesus has left us an example how to walk with him. To follow in his steps. Do you know that God's desire for each of us is to walk with him? Hey, it's an example that we, excuse me, it's an example we see all the way back in Genesis. When God created Adam and, Adam and Eve, in chapter 3, we see how God used to walk and talk with Adam and Eve in the garden. They had a favorite time of day that they would go and they would be alone and God would commune with Adam and Adam would commune with God. But something happened that has affected every one of us is that Adam stopped walking with God in the cool of the day. Remember the Lord showed up to have that talk and have that time with Adam. And Adam 
they went and hid when the Lord was coming. And God said, Adam, I was time for my regular time. You, you, you know, and, and Adam says, uh, well, I'm, I'm over here. I, I, we went and hid from you, God. And the Lord said, what'd you go and hide from me for? And Adam said, well, we were naked. We was ashamed. Who told you that? I, I want you to know this, that as we walk with God, we're our own worst enemy. That we let so many things get in between us and God. I don't know how many of you this morning would say, Lord, I don't, don't come into my living room. Don't come into my house. Don't come into our church because we're acting like dummies clapping our hands. No, God wants us to come just as we are. And he's not there to condemn us. Do you hear that? He's not there to condemn us, but to redeem us. You see, it's us who, are really, who really identifies our sin. When our heart's not right with God, we know our heart's not right. How many of you have ever done anything you didn't think anybody ever saw you, but you knew? It's like the little boy with his hand in the cookie jar and he slipped out. And mom comes and said, what was you doing in the cookie jar? Oh, I wasn't in the cookie jar. No, the evidence is all over your mouth. Yes, it was. We get caught. But God wants to have this meeting with us for our relationship to develop in the cool of the day. Don't let anything stop you from walking with God in the garden. And even though you may be naked or maybe you may be not have the right hairdo on or the right clothes on or you may not feel good that day, God still wants to meet with you. We can walk with him each day. Hey, in Genesis chapter 5, there's a story of another man by the name of Enoch. Anybody ever heard of Enoch? The scripture tells us, as it's describing all of these people that lived so long in their years, some of them were living 900 years old, and it comes to Enoch, and it says that Enoch was 300 and some odd years. And it says this, it's really, I really like, he said, Enoch walked with God and what was not he was walking with God and he just disappeared someone said God and Enoch took a walk and it became nightfall in their walk and God suggested that it was so late for Enoch and Enoch you might as well just spend the night in my house. That's where I want to be walking with God. Enoch walked with God and he was not. And then there, of course, is Genesis chapter 6 where we find a man by the name of Noah. We have any Noahs here. Noah was, the scripture says, was righteous, blameless, and what? He walked with God. He walked with God. You know, God created man and woman to walk with him. God loved his creation so much that he gave his creation the choice. He gave Adam and Eve the choice of 
how we want to walk. He gave us a choice of whether we want to walk with him or away from him. And Adam took another way. And it's made all the difference in the world. Because of, his, of Adam's choice, we still wrestle with those choices on a daily basis. Are we going to walk with God or are we going to walk with the, a society, a society that is not pleasing to God, a society that is disobedient to God, a society who pretends there's not a God? I'm not quite sure how in the world we think we got here. But God is real and he gives us the choice to walk with him. You see, God is a personal, personal and he desires relationship with all of us. David wrote in Psalms 116, I shall walk before the Lord in the land of the living. The way that you and I walk leaves a distinguishing mark on my environment. It tells a picture how I walk. It tells me who I am. It tells me what I stand for. It, stand, it tells me whose I am and who I belong to. I want to share three ideas this morning. Somebody say short, short points. Short points over there. Gotcha, okay. Walking with Jesus. I think that's a blank line on your, on your notes. Walking with Jesus. The first point, if we're going to walk with Jesus this morning, is we have to walk in agreement with him. Walk in agreement with Jesus. You ever tried to walk with somebody when you just totally disagree? Uh, husbands and wives, I know, never have this opportunity. You ever want to be just leave the room from your spouse? I, I have. It's because we have some disagreements on some things. Now, some of you can put smiles. It's okay. It's, it's reality. It's life. Sometimes we don't agree on things. But I want to tell you that if we're going to walk with Jesus, we've got to walk in agreement with him. When Jesus says something is sin in our life, let's not leave the room. Jesus, you're right. You see, we have issues about God that we don't want to agree with him on. We don't like the definition that of, of sin that God gives us in his word. We don't like, you ever know when you're, when you're talking to someone, they saw, say that when you're really engaged with someone that you... Uh, are engaged in your eyes. You look them straight in the eye. What's the teacher say? Look at my eyes. Don't look down. Sometimes we're that way with Jesus. Do you know that? We, we don't want to look in his eyes. We don't want to look in his heart. I want you to know God accepts you just like you are this morning. And he desires to take each and every one of us with him to the mountaintop as he took Peter, James, and John. Remember that when Jesus took those three disciples to the Mount of Transfiguration and revealed himself, Jesus wants us and he invites us to the Mount of Transfiguration today with him. 
to walk with him and to talk so that he can reveal great and mighty things which we do not know and cannot comprehend. Well, the second point in walking with Jesus is walk in the same direction. Is it possible to walk with somebody when you're walking in opposite directions? Folks, I see this people, this in our churches, in the Christians' lives too much this morning. We, we know what God says in his word. We know what sin is. He defines it. We know that we worship the creator. We know what is right. God has put that in our heart, what is right. We go to the, the Gulf every once in a while. And when we get on, Lynn likes to walk on the beach. I don't like walking on the beach because my feet get in the sand and I can't walk. So we'll get out on the, on the beach and right there where the water is coming in and Lynn will take off one way. Well, aren't you coming with me? I, I don't want to walk on the beach. And I find if I'm going to go with her, though, I've got to walk with her in the same direction. She can't be going west and me going east. And I can't be going south and her going north. Walking with Jesus. Amos, the old minor league, minor, minor league, <laughs> minor prophets in the Old Testament. Amos chapter 3, verse 3 says, can two walk together except they be agreed? Can two walk together unless they be agreed? How are we ever going to accomplish anything? Folks in this church, how can we ever accomplish anything if we all want to go different directions? I think that's why you called a pastor, right? I'm not even chastising any of you because y'all being so good. But I'm just saying we can't go all, all, do our own thing. You know that? It's called disorganization. And God is not an author of confusion, but he's one of order. But I want you to know that, folks, it's important. We got some important things. Oh, by the way, Bryce is going to be here in two weeks. Get ready for that. And, and we got some more things coming up in the month of August that I want you to be, be alert to that's coming up. I can't announce them all because I haven't checked and gone through all the, you know, bureaucracy, the, the red tape. And I didn't mean it in a bad way. But I want you to know we got to be in agreement on this. If our children's program is going to grow, it'll be because we're all united and pulling in the same direction. If our youth is going to grow and grow in the, the relationship with God, it'll be because we're pulling in the same direction. And folks, as adults, I think it's important, we are just as important as anybody else in this church, senior adults, and folks, God desires for us to walk in the same direction still with God and that we need to continue to learn and to study to show ourselves approved unto God. And I desire a congregation, I hope I have a congregation that is really hungering and thirsting after the things of God. They want to know more, more, more about Jesus. 
We gotta walk in the same direction. We gotta be in agreement. But thirdly, we need to walk in his footsteps. Walk in his footsteps. There's an old poem that is read lots of times uh, at funerals. I think sometimes it needs to be in real life. It's called the footsteps of Jesus. Footsteps, footsteps in the sand, I think it's called. And I'm talking about this off the top of my net, head because it's not in my notes. But it talks about the footsteps that are seen on the, on the sand, on the beach. And there's, at the beginning, there's two sets of footprints. And, and as the journey continues, that narrows down to one set of footsteps. And finally, the person that is walking uh, with Jesus turns and says, Lord, you've stopped walking with me. Lord, where was you at when I was going through the storm? And Jesus said, oh, no, those are my footsteps. That's when I was carrying you. I want you to know that God carries us even during the storms of life. Hey, we're all going to have some storms in life. Did you know that? Anybody not had any storms? Raise your hand. I, I, I think you probably need to be speaking. We, we all have storms in life. We all have, have controversies and relationship problems and, 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 and so many different things complicate our life. My, 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 my daughter, sometimes she'll call me on a Saturday night and start going through her, her life and she starts telling me, and I think all she wants to do is gab. All she, all she does is talk and I'm sitting there, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Then I'll ask her one question. Hey, what about this? And she said, well, dad, that's complicated. <laughs> and she leaves it at that. Sometimes our lives are complicated, but Jesus is there carrying us one step at a time. You see, walking with Jesus in his footsteps is a sign of progress. It's a progress in our lives. Sometimes we stumble. I want you to know, as I've gotten a little bit older, I'm not as sure-footed as I used to be. I used to be able to do all kinds of things up running up and down, you know, anywhere. And I'm just not that way as I get older, my footsteps and I'm finding as I'm a Christian, my footsteps sometimes are not steady either. I get tired. You get tired. You get concerned. You get full of anxiety. I get, I, we get depressed. But Jesus is there carrying us. And walking in his footsteps, folks, is where the victory comes to us. We sing the old song, victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. He sought me and he bought me with his own blood. Victory is in, walk, is in walking in his footsteps. It's a conquest that we say to the devil... Devil, get thee behind me. Just as Jesus said to Satan himself, Satan, get behind me. And when we're walking in the footsteps of Jesus, the devil can't have us. <laughs> he can't. When we're walking in the footsteps of Jesus, when we're following him, we defeat Satan every time we tell him no. And every time we turn to walk in the direction of Jesus. Well, walk in his footsteps. Walk like Jesus. 
Talk like Jesus and react like Jesus. React like Jesus, always forgiving and always loving. You know one of the things I really like about this congregation? We talk about love. And sometimes I even see it practiced. You know what? We talk about, we need to let our actions speak louder than our words. And you do. And I want you to tell us we need to love more. Love each other more. Psalms 119 verse 105 says, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light for my path. I want to tell you as I close this morning, the story about a little burrow, little donkey, that was used in the days of the great western cattle ranches. And they used this old donkey, this little burrow, to tame the biggest and strongest steers in those days. The steer a big old bull bucking and convulsing like a drunken convulsing sailor would be attached to the halter of the little burrow. And then the two, the burrow and the old cow would be turned loose into the pasture. Like Laurel and Hardy, they would be seen over the horizon the great steer tossing the poor burl around like a paper streamer in the yard. And they may be gone for days. They disappeared. But something that the ranchers knew, that the cow and the donkey would return home for food. And eventually they did return. The little burl, however, in the lead, trotting along for a home with a submissive steer in tow. After many days out on the prairie, the steer would become so exhausted with, from his strenuous, strenuous attempts to rid himself of the burl. And it was at that point that the burl saw the weakness in his partner and took control of the situation to become the leader. You ever feel like you're the old cow? The old steer? I wish we had more burls. Those that are patient, those that can endure, and those that can lead. I want you to know this, that there are those perhaps in here who are really not enjoying being a child of God. You don't like being a child of God. You're not happy about your present situation. And you're like the old cow, bellowing, fighting, and kicking, and struggling. Struggling with God to somehow get loose. God, I've had enough of you. Leave me alone. I'll do my own thing. You see, your ways are not God's ways, and you're always going to struggle. Because we are rebelling against him. The secret is recognition of the benefits of surrendering all of ourselves to God. And until God has all of us, 
All of us. Every part of our life. We're going to be discontented. Somebody asked me, why is there discontentment sometimes in a church? And usually it's not the church. It's usually the relationship that God, that, that person has with God. God wants to transfer you and I to a higher place than we are right now in our life. Do you believe that? I do. But we must understand what God wants and will do for us. I am expecting big things in this church. I am. I'm convinced of it. God didn't call me here to just watch us week by week. He called us to do something for God. And we're going to do that. And we are doing that. I'm excited about Kathy. What Kathy shared today, that's ministry. You know what? That's what we're called to do, minister. Let the people know that Cypress Street Church is a church. And we love people. And we want to serve people. Folks, it's not necessarily how many's in a sanctuary. But it's how well we are serving the ones that are here. God wants to walk with us this morning. But he needs our permission. Did you know that? God does not force himself down our necks. God needs our permission. When we say, Lord, I want to walk with you. What was it? Nancy Sinatra said, these boots are made for walking. These feet are made for walking with Jesus. Colossians 1.3, for he has delivered us from the domain of darkness. And he has transferred us to the kingdom of God. Recognize your transfer. We got promoted. We've been transferred from the kingdom of darkness of this world into the kingdom of his beloved light. Son, Jesus Christ. Are you walking with God this morning? Do you agree with him? Is God telling you in your, something in your life and in your spirit that God may be dealing with you? Walk the same way with him this morning and talk about it with him. Do you walk in the same direction as Jesus? Are we walking in his footsteps? May the Lord bless you, folks. I leave you with this. I love you. I love every one of you. And I'm concerned as I pray for each and every one of you. Believe that. I'll pray for some of you in the middle of the night when you're sound asleep and my wife is snoring and I'm wide awake. I'll pray for you, different ones of you. I pray that God would walk with you and bless your lives. And I pray that God would protect you as he invites us all to serve him. God bless you. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the occasion that we can share the word. I'm so glad you knew about walking. You knew how to walk, Lord, because you knew where you came from. You knew what you were given. You knew where you're headed. Sometimes we're not very good at that. We sometimes don't even know where we're headed. We don't know who we are. We get lost in this world. And Heavenly Father, this morning I pray that your Holy Spirit would draw us to you in our relationship with you, that we would make the choice to follow you first and foremost. 
Father, we would recognize the deliverance you have given us from a kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light that we can walk in. Lord, we bless your holy name and ask your Holy Spirit now to work in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand this morning?